From down under to down south, follow the adventures of an Australian family who packed up and moved to the other side of the world to follow a dream of making a life in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Aussie Mike, and together with Bicky, Bowie, and Bree Bree, we will share our daily craziness in an attempt to warn you or inspire you to make this transcontinental move. It's a big day and welcome to another episode of From Down Under to Down South, Aussie Mike in the chair. And today we will explore America's place in the world as the only superpower. How the US got there and the challenges it currently faces around the world, from the Middle East to Latin America, Europe and Asia. How did a relatively new country become the world's strongest in a span of just 200 years? We'll take a look at the State Department's current list of do not travel destinations in an attempt to help you plan where to go or where not to go for your vacation plans in 2024 all that and more so stick around today's episode is brought to you by soothe your soul with nikki helping spiritualists channel their higher self through guided meditation enlightenment workshops and subconscious mind exercises that help you master your intuition soothe your soul offer both in-person and distance reiki services energy clearing and workshops they also have an online store filled with powerful crystals candles and more designed to help you find your balance explore their great range of products and discover your inner peace with nikki's reiki collection head on over to soothyoursoul.biz and find your inner peace today you know, one of the exciting things I think about doing a podcast is the global reach that you can have. And looking at the statistics of where you guys are listening from, I'm amazed to see there's a list of around 28 different countries at the moment. I am yet to see listeners from some of the places that we're about to talk about today, but hey, you never know. So the U.S. has formal diplomatic relations with most nations, with the exception of Bhutan, Iran, North Korea, Syria, and the state of Palestine, which the United States does not recognize. The U.S. has more diplomatic posts, being embassies, etc., than any other country. Formal diplomatic relations with Australia were only set in 1940, but despite this, the relationship between our two countries has ascended to be one of the closest and strongest that both have with any other country in the world. The first country that the U.S. formed diplomatic relations with was France, and that was in 1778, followed by the Netherlands in 1782, Spain in 1783, and former ruler of the U.S., the U.K., in 1785. The diplomatic relationship with the French, who then in turn brought the Spanish and Dutch into the War of Independence to fight the British, can be seen as a critical act that turned the tide of the war, neutralizing the British naval dominance. It wasn't until the late 19th century that the U.S. emerged as a great global power. Up until that stage, American foreign policy was seen as important to fulfill the country's manifest destiny and remain free of entanglements overseas. Hawaii played a role in this, with it becoming a U.S. territory in 1898, with the U.S. concerned, even at this time, of Japanese expansion in the Pacific. It was also in this year that the four-month-long American-Spanish War was fought, resulting in a victory for the U.S. and Cuba, Puerto Rico, Guam and the Philippines all becoming under U.S. control and thus making America into a global power. In the early 1900s, the U.S. intervened militarily in many Latin American nations in order to stabilize governments, impose democracy and protect commerce. When the First World War broke out in 1914, the U.S. declared neutrality. However, they were brought into the war in 1917 following many American merchant ships being sunk by the Germans. At one point, 10,000 American troops were arriving each day in France, leaving the Germans in a hopeless position which ultimately led to their surrender. This left the U.S. with the initiative on the military, diplomatic and public relations fronts as a global power. 
In the 1930s, the U.S. was in a period of isolationism, avoiding getting involved in the Spanish Civil War from 1936 to 1939 and the initial two years of the Second World War as Germany again ravaged Europe. That all changed with the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941, which then led to the U.S. fighting a war in both the Pacific and in Europe. After the war, the devastation of its European and Asian rivals, the United States found itself in a uniquely powerful position due to its enormous economic and military power. There was no further isolationism. The U.S. were instrumental in establishing the United Nations with its headquarters in New York City and the Cold War, which ran from 1947 to 1991, commenced with the Soviet Union. The world was split between NATO-aligned, Warsaw Pact-aligned and non-aligned countries, and the world was under the ever-present threat of nuclear holocaust. Proxy wars were fought all over the globe in places like Afghanistan, Cambodia and Nicaragua, where the US and Soviet Union would back one side or the other for their own political gain. The Cold War was at its most dangerous in 1962, where for 13 days the Cuban Missile Crisis played out under the presidency of John F. Kennedy as the Soviets placed nuclear missiles in Cuba. At this time, the U.S. had a containment policy where they would become involved wherever the Soviets attempted to spread communism. This led to the Korean and Vietnam Wars. The war in Vietnam saw over 3.1 million Americans serving there at some point, with more than 58,000 killed. America became involved in Vietnam due to the fear of communism spreading throughout Southeast Asia. The catalyst to commit was the Gulf of Tonkin incident in 1964 and a reported second incident three days later. There is still a lot of skepticism surrounding these events and it is seen by some as being fabricated to get America more involved in the war. In the 1970s, President Nixon transformed American policy with his top advisor, Henry Kissinger. He backed away from the long-standing containment policy and changed to supporting allied countries through making their own military stronger. The U.S. defense industry kicked into gear and American support for both an American-friendly Iran at the time and Saudi Arabia was begun in the early 1970s. It was the Reagan administration in the early 80s with an announced goal of winning the Cold War and destroying the threat of communism that made dramatic increases in defense spending, an $8.5 billion sale to the Saudis and arms deals with the Israelis. The Eastern European allies of the Soviets revolted and the Iron Curtain fell in 1991, leaving the United States as the single global superpower. In the 30 years since the fall of the Iron Curtain and the end of the Cold War, China has emerged as the more likely to rival the United States on the world stage, both politically and militarily. Disputes over Taiwan, the South China Sea, and Chinese Belt and Road initiatives in many third countries around the globe are seen by the U.S. as the Chinese spreading influence, and there is concern about the longer-term plans of the Red Dragon in these areas. News coverage here in the U.S. daily of Chinese aggression, plans for a Taiwanese invasion, and just today I read an article where the Chinese claim that a Trump victory in this year's U.S. election would mean that America would abandon Taiwan and see a return to isolationism. The world is certainly on the precipice of something catastrophic breaking out. From the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the current state of the Middle East, Venezuelan threats to invade Guyana amongst more than three dozen global hotspots. This year certainly looks to be an historic year. Who wins the election at the end of 2024 in the US could play a huge role in what happens next year and over the next five to 10 years. So with that being said, let's have a look at where you probably shouldn't go on a long weekend or a two-week vacation right now. 
The U.S. State Department issued travel advisories and warnings, and these are updated as soon as situations develop. There are currently 19 countries around the world where the U.S. has a do not travel warning. There are also many do not travel warnings for specific areas around the world, such as the southern border of Lebanon, the Saudi border with Yemen, various states in Mexico due to cartel-related crime and kidnapping, and even city-specific do not travel warnings, including various cities and parishes in Jamaica due to a recent spike in crime there. As for the Pacific, Papua New Guinea is the only country with an increased travel advice. And it's at a level three with Bougainville and the Highlands regions of PNG being listed as do not travel. In Asia, there are currently two countries listed. Myanmar, which is formerly known as Burma, and it's listed due to civil unrest, armed conflict and arbitrary enforcement of local laws, limited or inadequate healthcare and emergency medical resources, and areas with landmines and unexploded ordinances. They state that you should exercise increased caution due to wrongful detentions and that the country experienced a military coup in 2021, which has since subjected detainees to torture in detention. So maybe stay away from Myanmar. It probably would come no surprise that the other Asian country is North Korea. There is a do not travel advice listed for North Korea due to the continuing serious risk of arrest and long-term detention of U.S. nationals. You need to exercise increased caution in North Korea due to the critical threat of wrongful detention. There it is again. Interesting to note about North Korea, all U.S. passports are invalid for travel to the country. And you need to get special permission under the authority of the Secretary of State in order to go and travel there. There's also been much talk of late that North Korea is on a war trajectory against South Korea and in turn the US and Japan. It's also a country that has intrigued the more adventurous to go and visit. Like Otto Warmbier from Cincinnati, he visited there as a tourist in 2015 only to be arrested for attempting to steal a poster of the country's leader Kim Jong-il. Wombaya was released after 17 months in detention, but was in a comatose state and later died just a few months later at the age of 22. North Korea, probably the best advice would be to stay away from that one as well. I know I've spoken to many Americans that have been based in Korea uh, with the military and have worked on the DMZ there, the line in between North and South Korea. So it certainly sounds like an interesting place, but I would suggest not crossing the border like some people have. Then we move to the Middle East, where American influence has been on full display for many decades. American foreign policy originally had a focus of stopping the Soviet Union's influence in the region during the Cold War, but was also focused on ensuring a stable flow of, you guessed it, oil out of the Persian Gulf. As countries such as Saudi Arabia have increased in power, American influence in this region has started to decrease. This has been evidenced recently through the Arab Spring uprisings across the region. Israel is one of the United States' key non-NATO allies, and they play a significant factor in how the U.S. interacts with the total region. Currently, there are five countries on the do not travel list. Number one, Iran. Do not travel due to the risk of terrorism, civil unrest, kidnapping, and the arbitrary arrest of U.S. citizens. Exercise increased caution due to wrongful detentions. U.S. citizens should not travel to Iran for any reason. U.S. citizens visiting or residing in Iran have been kidnapped, arrested, and detained. Iranian authorities continue to unjustly detain and imprison U.S. nationals, particularly dual-national U.S.-Iranian nationals, including students, journalists, business travelers, and academics, on charges including espionage and posing a threat to national security. 
Iranian authorities routinely delay consular access to detained U.S. nationals and consistently deny consular access to dual U.S.-Iranian nationals. Violent extremist groups, including U.S. government-designated terrorist organizations, operate in Iran. ISIS and affiliated groups have claimed responsibility for bombings and other attacks in the country. The threat of terrorist activity persists, as does the risk of death or injury to bystanders. Iran is a country that is in news headlines every day here. As the public wait to see how the U.S. military will respond to Iranian-backed militia attacks against the U.S. bases and shipping off the Gulf of Yemen. There is a strong and growing call for the U.S. to strike Iran directly and strongly, and this is a relationship that appears to be worsening and could result in a much wider conflict throughout the Middle East should it ignite. Then we move to Yemen. and Yemen, there are a lot of similarities between Yemen and Iran. The do not travel to Yemen is due to terrorism, civil unrest, crime, health risks, kidnapping, armed conflict, and landmines. I don't think you could ask for much more out of Yemen. The U.S. Embassy in Sana actually suspended its operations in 2015, and the U.S. is currently unable to provide emergency services to any of its citizens in Yemen. Terrorist groups, including al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula and Islamic State affiliates, continue to plot and conduct attacks in Yemen. Terrorists may attack with little or no warning, targeting public sites, transportation hubs, markets, shopping malls, and local government facilities. Additionally, there is a continuing threat of kidnapping detention by terrorists, criminal elements, and or non-government actors. Employees of foreign organizations may be targeted for attack or kidnapping. Stay away from Yemen. That would be my best bet. Of course, we also have Afghanistan, which has a do not travel advice as well. Similar reasons again, as terrorism, the risk of wrongful detention, kidnapping, crime, etc. There are multiple terrorist groups that are in the country. And in 2021, the Taliban took over Afghanistan and announced an interim government based in Kabul. The U.S. Embassy in Kabul suspended operations. They left. It was a big mess. And obviously, Afghanistan has been in the news a lot here due to the huge U.S. military presence that was in the country. The other ones in the Middle East that they mention are Iraq and Syria. Now, Palestine, which is the West Bank and Gaza, the state of Palestine is listed on there as well. As the U.S. does not list it as a country, it's not listed as a country. But that obviously makes sense, given what's happening between Israel and Palestine at the moment, that you probably don't want to travel over there either. Now, when we come to Europe, we've got three countries listed, and it probably comes as no surprise if you check out the news headlines that the number one country that you want to avoid right now is Russia. Do not travel to Russia due to the unpredictable consequences of the unprovoked full-scale invasion of Ukraine by the Russian military forces. There is a big potential to be harassed and the singling out of U.S. citizens for detention by the Russian government. There is arbitrary enforcement of local laws and limited flights into and out of Russia. I know many people actually that have traveled to Russia in the past, before all this happened, who love going over there and checking out the history, etc., and the food. But the U.S. Embassy has limited ability to assist American citizens in Russia, and they advise you to get out. Should also note, this one's interesting, that U.S. credit card and debit cards will no longer work in Russia, and options to electronically transfer funds from the U.S., are extremely limited, and that's due to sanctions imposed on Russian banks. There are reported cash shortages all throughout the country, and there is also strong concerns that Americans in Russia could be forced to serve the Russian army and fight in the Ukraine. There have been several high-profile detentions of U.S. citizens, including reporters, on alleged spying charges. And, of course, I should also mention American basketball players that go over there and maybe have some drugs or some marijuana, and then they end up in jail. We might talk about that one a little bit later. 
So for reasons also linked with Russia was Belarus and Ukraine. So they're all there on the do not travel list. In Africa, there are several countries in Africa that need to be crossed off your travel plans. I know if you had a trip planned to the Burkina Faso, the Central African Republic, Libya, Mali, South Sudan, Sudan and Somalia, you might want to change your mind on that one. In fact, in the case of Somalia, do not travel is due to crime, terrorism, civil unrest, health issues, kidnapping, and piracy. Of course, piracy was made very famous by a movie, I Am Your Captain Now. Violent crimes such as kidnapping and murder is common throughout Somalia. Illegal roadblocks are widespread and some schools and other facilities acting as cultural rehabilitation centers. They are operating throughout Somalia with inadequate or non-existing licensing and oversight. There are many reports of physical abuse and people being held against their will in these facilities. It's very common. Terrorists continue to plot kidnappings, bombings, and other attacks in Somalia. They may conduct attacks with little or no warning, targeting airports and seaports, government buildings, hotels, restaurants, shopping areas, and other areas that attract large crowds and are frequented by Westerners, as well as government, military, and Western convoys. Methods of attack can include car bombs, suicide bombers, individual attackers, mortar fire, amongst others. The U.S. Embassy heavily restricts the movement of its employees in Mogadishu based on the critical threat environment. Pirates are also active in the waters off the Horn of Africa, especially in international waters near Somalia. Interestingly enough, as far as Somalia goes, there is a large Somali population here in Nashville, and that includes several Somali restaurants and coffee shops. I've heard the cuisine is actually amazing, so could be something to go and check out. But Mogadishu, the capital of Somalia, you probably want to stay away from there right now. And finally, there are two countries on the Do Not Travel list in the Americas, and both of these actually have large immigrant populations all across America. Those two countries are Haiti and Venezuela. So for Haiti, there's a threat of kidnapping, crime, civil unrest, and poor healthcare infrastructure. In July of 2023, the State Department ordered the departure of family members of U.S. government employees, all non-emergency U.S. government employees as well. U.S. citizens in Haiti have been instructed to depart as soon as possible by commercial or other privately available transportation. And in light of the current security situation and infrastructure challenges, U.S. citizens wishing to depart Port-au-Prince should monitor the local news and only do so when considered safe. I've been following a lot of the news in Haiti recently, having met quite a few people from there, actually. And uh, on YouTube, there's some great videos of some guys that are going down there, interviewing some people on the ground and actually really trying to understand what happened in this country. It's a country that shares the island of Española with the Dominican Republic, and it's like chalk and cheese. Now, Haiti and Dominican Republic, two very different countries. Dominican Republic is certainly starting to progress economically. Haiti is going completely backwards. Unfortunate history following on from both French and American colonialism. It was forced at one point to pay 40% of its total government revenue back to the French, which severely hampered its economic growth. And I would argue it's probably a country that never stood a chance to succeed based on this. And lastly, we have a look at Venezuela. Again, it's a country that I have met and interacted with many of its citizens. Venezuela really is seen as a hotspot here in this part of the world. In 2019, the State Department announced the withdrawal of diplomatic personnel from the U.S. Embassy in Caracas. All consular services, routine and emergency, remain suspended until further notice. 
The U.S. government has limited ability to provide emergency services to any of its citizens in Venezuela, and anyone there that requires consular services should try to leave the country as soon as safely possible and contact a U.S. embassy or consulate in another country. So that is the current list as of February the 1st, 2024, of places where there are do not travel advisories that are issued by the U.S. State Department. Now, in Australia, the Australian Department of Foreign Affairs does a very similar thing, issues warnings for around the world. And I know at times the U.S. has actually made it onto Australia's list. And a quick look on the Australian Smart Traveller website actually shows 22 different countries. So the Australian government have also listed Lebanon and Chad in Africa as places where you do not want to travel right now. When you look at what the Department of Foreign Affairs has to say about the U.S., though, it's actually quite amusing to a point. It's stating uh, they do have some concerns about safety in the U.S., stating to avoid areas where demonstrations and protests are occurring due to potential for unrest and violence. Uh, violent crime is more common than what it is in Australia, particularly gun crime. Then they go on to mention that the medical costs in the U.S. are extremely high. You may need to pay upfront for medical assistance, so ensure you have comprehensive travel insurance. I can certainly agree with some of those things there. Some of the local laws in the U.S. are obviously a little bit different as well, so they go on to talk about that. For the most part, no, it looks like the U.S. is currently in the clear as far as travel advice from Australia. So that wraps up today's episode. We've had a look at the history of the U.S. and why America is the global superpower that it is, looking at its long and illustrious history over 200 years, and also had a look at where we should not be traveling to in 2024. Now, of course, if you do happen to get on a plane or a boat and you end up in the Central African Republic or you know maybe you're in Burkina Faso, feel free to send me an email and let me know what it's like. I would love to hear your travel stories. Thanks for joining us again. I'm from down under to down south. Stay safe and we'll catch you next time.